Each one is uh, only 14 watts. The other ones before, I think, were 200 or 300. So we even save a bunch of money, too, with that. So that's really neat. So we're grateful for all the good things that got done in 2020. And we're actually going to jump into uh, God's Word right away this morning. So I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out. There won't be one scripture we go to. It'll actually be a number of scriptures, and I'm just going to give you a number of thoughts today. It's kind of a a year-ends message, and I've been thinking about this, what God would want to say to our hearts, and so just get something that you can uh, take notes with, and and I just want to share my heart as we close one year. I'll give some announcements at the end of the uh, service that'll be important for uh, the remainder of this year into next year, but um, but yeah, let's just uh, open God's Word together. 2020 will be a year that you'll never forget. In the final service of of 2020, and we made it, yes, it'll be a year you never forget. Other years are forgettable, not because nothing important happened in those years, but when somebody gives a, a year like... 2005, you'd have to like, okay, what happened in that year? And just, you could, you could piece it together if you thought about it a little bit, or really any year, you can go back and try to think about. But a lot of years are forgettable, but 2020, if anybody ever mentions 2020 again, <laughs> you won't have to go back and, and think about it. We've learned a lot this year. And so throughout the year, I began to uh, journal of lessons that I believe God was trying to teach us during this season. And so I, I began to write, I began to ask family and friends and different people just to share with me the lessons that they've learned. And I've actually compiled hundreds of lessons from 2020 because we realize that life can change in a moment. And so as I put them all together, I want you to begin to think about What have you learned this year? What have you learned in 2020? If you're watching online, you might want to start even commenting some of the lessons that you've learned in 2020. And of the hundreds of lessons I've learned, I'm going to share with you five today that I learned. Now, these aren't the top five or the most special or anything in particular about them. I just looked at them and prayed, and I really felt these five are what I want to share with you today. And with each one, I'll give a scripture, but uh, the first lesson we learned in 2020 is that life is fragile. Life is fragile. I think what was so frustrating about um, living through this pandemic, trying to wrap our mind around what was happening, was how severe and how random it really was. For some people that got COVID, it, it felt like the common cold, and for others, it devastated their bodies. Many died from the disease, and then, you know, many just had no symptoms. They were asymptomatic, but they still had it. And so, how do you prepare for something like that? How do you battle something like that? How do you fight something like that? How do you wrap your mind around something? Like that, but I realize just how fragile life is, and that these bodies aren't our forever home. That there is something greater that lies ahead, and yet our physical health is important because if I don't have good physical health, I can't live and serve my family, the people around me, and the Lord. And so 
life is fragile. How do I balance this? How do I wrap my mind around it? That yes, my life could be gone in a moment, but yet I need to be strong. This year, as I entered into my 50s, I began to think about my grandfathers, my mom's dad and my dad's dad. And it's hard for me to understand and to picture this, but, but both of them were pastors, successful pastors, blessed pastors, great pastors. I have a great family heritage, and yet my mom's dad died just a couple years older than I am now during open-heart surgery. I thought about my dad's dad, who a few years older than I am now, came down with Parkinson's disease. And even though he lived many years longer, he no longer could minister because of the effects of Parkinson's disease, what it does to your body, the shaking and the slurring of your speech. And I realized that that both of those great men kind of ended their time of serving the Lord right at my age. And I asked myself, am I satisfied with what God has done and that this would be it for me? And I'd have I'd say no. You know, it's like I, I believe God has so much more for me. And, and so I, I wanted to continue and, and, and just kind of take charge of my body. And so I did some jumpstart things with trainers and, and nutritionists and said, okay, I need to change how I eat and change how I exercise because I believe that we need to take care of the bodies that God gives us because this is the only body that God has given me. It's the only body God has given to you. And I can only serve him if I'm healthy and if I'm strong. And so I, I need to take care of my body. And yet, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 31, verse 15, and we just prayed this, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Look at the top line there, though. My times are in your hands. I think what we've learned this year is that there is so little that we actually control in our lives. There's so little in our marriages and in our families and at school and business. There's so little that we control that we actually are in charge of and And yet, our times are in God's hands. So I can rest in that. And I began to think about what is our job as a church? What is my job as a pastor in the days that are ahead? And and yes, it is to teach us how to live our life now because we do need to live our life according to God's Word. That if God says for us to do something in His Word, we are to do what God asks us to do in His Word. And that's how we live our life. But... How many of you know that you're going to be dead a lot longer than you are alive? And so I I believe that the church's job, that my job is actually to prepare you for death. To live this life in such a way that you are preparing to be with Jesus. So we're wise with the gifts and the bodies and the life that God gives us, but we're not afraid that when it is over, because our times are in his hands, that we will be with him forever. The second thing I learned this year is that God is good. God is good. God is faithful. Amen? You wouldn't be sitting here if he wasn't faithful. You wouldn't have made it. But yet, God has blessed you. He's taken good care of you this last year. And whether you know it or not, he has come through for you again and again and again. 
And he really does take good care of you. He knows exactly what you need. We were in an elders meeting a a few months back. And before we begin, because we talk about all the different aspects of the church, uh, we we pray, God, would you lead us? Would you guide us as elders in every aspect of the church? And and so uh, we were talking about the kids' pantry, and we were uh, thinking through some things that they would need for the future, and there was a, a particular storage unit we really wanted them to have. We, we thought this would be excellent for, for them to have. This would just be a, a blessing to the ministry, to the community. We'd love for them to have this. And as we researched it, it we, we realized it'd probably be at least $10,000. And then all of a sudden, that came to a quick halt because like, well, that's not going to happen, is it? Because everything else that happened this year, all the other things that had to be done, and, uh, and thank you. You've been so faithful. Every bill is going to be paid at the end of this year. It's so good, all the great things, and everything's strong in our building and in our lives. So, uh, so that's good, but it's like, boy, that's just too big. We can't, we can't even think about that now. It's just, it, it, we'll think about it down the road. I don't know if it was the next day or the next week, um, a small business owner that doesn't go to our church but knows about the kids' pantry and has donated in the past uh, called Jody. And, and said, I'd like to, guess what, give you the exact storage unit we were discussing in our elders meeting. And, and it's, a, it's a, actually a pretty big deal, so Jody didn't know. She's like, I don't know if this will even work out or whatever. And, and so Jody came with much fear and trepidation. Do, do you think we could do this? And it's like, God, because we, we didn't talk about it outside the meeting because we weren't able to do it, and yet God knew exactly what we needed. And see, this is how God takes care of us. See, a lot of times it would be nice, right, to have the money in the bank account. Oh, we need that so we can just go and buy that. That would be wonderful, but that's not how faith works, is it? So we didn't even think, we we didn't even have any faith. Like, I don't think we can do that. And yet God says, I know exactly what you need. And I have somebody over here that can give that to you. And, And so it's just beautiful what God does. He is so good. He takes really good care of us. It says in Romans chapter 8, 38 and 39, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you. He knows you. Nothing will separate you from that love. He is going to take really good care of you. I'm going to tell you this. God is a God of abundance. He can provide whatever you need. He hears you. He sees you. He knows. And so I've learned this year that God is good. Number three, choose faith over fear. Third lesson, choose faith over fear. It was really easy to be afraid in 2020. If you meet somebody that says they weren't afraid, they're probably not telling you the truth. It was easy to choose fear, but we have a choice in life. You can choose faith or you can choose fear. Now, there are times that you are going to be afraid. It's natural to be afraid. It's human to be afraid. So there are going to be times that you're afraid, but when you're afraid, you go to God. You take it to Him. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So God doesn't give fear. That's a different spirit that gives fear. The Holy Spirit gives us power, love, and you could say right thinking, sound mind, self-discipline. He 
he controls your mind, he controls your heart, and so God gives us faith over fear. E.M. Bounds in his book, The Power of Prayer, says, Doubt and fear are the twin enemies of faith. Doubt and fear are the twin enemies of faith. I serve on a, a board of a ministry that's in the western part of Illinois in a very rural area. Uh, there's a lot of farmers out there. In fact, one of the board members is a farmer, and so I just wanted to get his perspective on 2020 because we don't live in a rural area. I said, so how, how was it for farmers this year? He said, well, to be honest, when we, uh, when we set out to plant, and, and their planting season would be right kind of at the beginning of the shutdown and, and COVID and, and everything, and, and he and his friend were planting 3,500 acres at that moment. And he said, we were talking and we were lamenting this season of planting because with the marking conditions, what was happening in the world, they were, they were standing to lose $200 an acre on their harvest. And they said it, it was killing us to plant the seed in the ground knowing at that moment we were going to lose $200 an acre. I said, what happened? He said, well, this year uh, with the weather, with the change in the market, with everything that's happening around the world and, and the excellent conditions for harvest, he said, we actually made more money than ever. And as he was telling the story, I, I was just thinking that, that God can bless us in the midst of famine. God can bless us in the midst of 2020. And, and sometimes it, it, fear wants to capture us, but don't be afraid Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Oh, but I, I, I'm going to lose. No, keep sowing. What does God say in his word? Keep doing that. What does God want you to do? Keep doing that. What do I do next? So you take the next step with God. Just keep going. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. But I'm going to lose everything. No, you're not. Keep sowing. That's what God said. God is so good. Choose faith over fear. Because if they were that afraid, they wouldn't have planted everything. They would have missed the biggest harvest of their life. It's true for us. And I'm not just talking about now. I'm talking for all of eternity. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Because the Bible says you will reap a harvest. So choose faith over fear. Number four, I, I learned that the church is essential. The church is essential. When I say the church is essential, I, I'm not talking about a building, although I am so grateful for our building that houses the ministry here and, and other ministries, and I'm so, so grateful for that. I, I, I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about uh, the church, his body is essential because we need God. We need his love. We need his family. We need the, the family of God to surround us because I believe it'll be on the screen that community is the medicine that we need. That when we're going through it, we don't need to be isolated. We need community. Whether it be in person right now or online as you're commenting with one another, but that we are together, that, that, that we are the church. When I was youth pastor, I would take our uh, teenagers down to Uptown Baptist Church once a month on a Monday. And we would go to the soup kitchen there and, and minister to the homeless in Chicago. And so we would do that once a month, and, and I would take our, our teenagers down there. And the, the pastors that were there, uh, we kind of 
were security. We let the kids uh, take the meals and, and serve everybody, and then if they needed a Bible study done or watch if there was any trouble, the pastors just kind of floated around. And so we're just watching. You just watch for things that just are out of the, the, the norm and, and just make sure everything's okay. And so I noticed one man that had come, and he came and he sat down, and then he didn't move. And we did, you know, it, it, they didn't have a big church basement, so we had to keep moving the people in and out. They could go to a Bible study if they wanted to go, but they kind of just had to keep people moving uh, through the, the, the eating area. But this guy wasn't moving, and he had stopped eating, and he was just sitting there. And so, um, so I kind of, uh, not normal, so I walked over and I said, hey, um, everything okay? Do you, you still hungry? You want, I, I can have the kids bring you another meal if you're still hungry. He's like, no, I've, I've had enough. I'm good. Thank you. I'm like, so, so what are you hanging out for? Because we could kind of use the spot to, uh, you know, somebody else could eat if, if you want to go. And he goes, he goes, I'd just like to sit here a little longer. He said, when I'm here inside, people talk to me. But when I go outside, they ignore me. And I just realized it was a divine moment, so I just pulled up the chair across the table, and I said, tell me your story. He told me a story uh, where all the safety nets of life were kind of taken from him, and through addictions and other issues, uh, he had just found himself living on the street, and, and he just wanted to talk to somebody, because community is the medicine we need. We need someone to talk to us. We need someone to reach out to us. We need someone to be with us in a difficult time. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. Just so we're clear on this, church is God's idea. It was Jesus' idea. This isn't something some man came up with a long time ago and like, oh, let's have church. No, this was Jesus' idea. That we would gather together, that we would worship him, that we'd open his word, that we would share our lives together, that we would be family together, that we would be the medicine that we need in a difficult world, that we would be together. And that when we came together, it wouldn't just be for us, but that we would then begin to bless others. And that's something that God has done through our church, that obviously we are a blessing and family together, but we're called to bless the world. Let me tell you another story from the kids' pantry that actually happened this week. Remember last weekend, we celebrated that they gave um, uh, gifts to over 900 kids, 900 families, uh, and it was just a wonderful Christmas giveaway, and it went so well. What we didn't tell you last weekend was that even more than 900 came, and so we had to turn some away because they, you had to pre-register for this Christmas giveaway, and so we didn't have enough gifts for everyone, and so we did have to turn some people away. Well, wouldn't you know that Jody was at the store uh, picking something up for a Christmas celebration? She told me this at, at our family Christmas. She said, you're never going to believe what just happened. I went to the store to get a few things for Christmas, and I saw in the corner of the store a huge box full of toys for Toys for Tots. Well, our church and the kids' pantry is connected with Toys for Tots, and in fact, their leader of this area uses our truck to pick up toys and deliver toys, and, and, and they give us toys for, for our giveaway. So we're well connected with Toys for Tots. And so Jody knew this is the week of Christmas. These should be all already picked up and, and distributed. And, and, and so she asked the store manager, where are these going? And she goes, oh, they're for Toys for Tots, but he never came and picked them up. 
She goes, would you mind if I gave him a call? So Jody calls him on her cell phone and says, hey, you forgot to pick them up. And he's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot. Those toys, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of toys. And so she hands the phone to the manager and, and the head of Toys for Tots for the Area goes, just give those toys to the kids' pantry. They'll distribute them for you. And so Jody was able, just before Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve, to call all the families we had to turn away to come back and get a toy for Christmas. See, God knew what everyone needed. And he knew there was a place where he could get something to someone who needed it. And and that's what the church is. It's that community of blessing, that community of love, that community of outreach. And so let me say this, that God defines what is essential, not the government. And the church is essential, and I'll go even one step further, you are essential. You're essential because you are called by God, you have been chosen by God, that you are a part of his family, that you are an influencer, that you are someone that God has placed his hand on and says, you belong to me. We are essential in this world. We are part of his body. We are gifted by him to serve. And so we are essential. The fifth thing I I learned uh, this year is that we are stronger than we think. We're stronger than we think. It's been a year of amazing loss and broken dreams and shattered lives. It's been a difficult year. And yet, through it all, Our faith has given us hope. Our faith has given us endurance. Even in the most difficult days, our faith has sustained us. And I want to let you know that you can survive any disappointment in life. If there's one thing we should learn from this year is that you are stronger than you think you are. That you can do more than you could think that you could do. It says in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. James is telling us that we should be joyful (laughs) when we hit trials. When we hit 2020s, we should be joyful. How is that even possible? It's possible because God is doing something in our life that is moving us closer to him, that it's, that's building endurance in our life. It's building faith in our life. James is also very clear to point out that these do not come from God, that these difficulties come from a fallen world. They come from an evil one, but yet God redeems those things, and he actually uses them to build endurance, to build faith, to draw us close to him. And so what James is saying here is this. When you face trials, and you will face trials, but when you face trials, is it drawing you closer to him, or are you retreating from him? See, in 2020, did it draw you closer to God, or did you begin to retreat from God? That's the question that we have to ask when we go through difficult days. Is it pushing us towards God or away from him? We should have everything in this life be pushing us closer to God. Even the most difficult days should not see us running in retreat, but pressing forward into a deeper relationship with Him. There are so many lessons that we could learn from last year, but I pray that all of those lessons press us closer to God. 
And just to review those lessons again, they'll be on the screen, but life is fragile. God is good. Choose faith over fear. The church is essential. You are essential. And we are stronger than we think. That at every moment of our life, we're allowing it to push us towards God. If you don't get anything else I say today, get this, that everything happening in your life should push you towards God, not away from him. Paul gives a very familiar verse in Philippians chapter 4. We, we already know it. It's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let's look at the context of the verse. It's on the screen. Beginning at verse 11, he says, now that, I, now that I was, not that I was ever in need. For, look at this, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Look at that for just a moment. I have learned to be content with whatever I have. How can I be strong in the Lord? I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is to, with a full stomach or empty, whether with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul, who's in prison, facing death, he says, look, I've learned how to be content. I can serve God when my stomach is full or empty. I can serve God if my wallet is full or empty. I can serve God whether my life is full or empty. I've learned to be content because I know this. Everything that Paul went through pushed him towards God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. May we say that at the end of 2020, looking toward 2021, I have learned to be content. On the good days and the bad days, I have learned that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads and your hearts with me. I just wanted to have a couple moments here at the the very end, just to pray, just to give you some time with the Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer, and then I'm just going to let you talk with God, because there's probably so many lessons you've learned this year. But I wanted to give you a little time at the end just to, to wait on the Lord so that, um, so that you can allow whatever you've been going through to push you closer to God, not farther away. That before we begin a new year and, and kick it off next week as we talk about consecrating ourselves to the Lord and, and following Him and, and being with Him in the new year, before we ever do that, I, I want you to end this year by saying, God, thank you for being with me. I'm with you. God, thank you for this quiet moment as we come to the end of our service, as we come to the end of our time together in 2020. And Lord, we're just going to wait on you quietly as the music plays. And God, I pray that every lesson we've learned, Lord, we would just now allow as we pray to push us towards you.